Welcome to Japan according to Akio. Everything you wanted to know or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host Akio, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Yo ho ho, welcome to 126, episode 126 of the podcast and the YouTube and That's about it. Again, I talk about my episode. We're doing a daytime episode, so hopefully the lighting, I can get the lighting in here、uh, looking a bit better than it looks on camera. My apologies for that if you're watching on YouTube. But besides that, we have a really good episode.、Um, mainly just a list, the list that we were、um, talking about before. I pick up on that. That pretty much takes up like the whole podcast. But it, I mean, it was some really good points, really good questions. I didn't even get through the whole thing, but it was some good shit in there, plus another.、Um, Article that tied into what we were talking about originally,、uh, of course, from Rod. And、um, yeah, that's pretty much the episode. But,、um, you know, not too long, not too, not too much, not too little. You know, just, just right, just a little splidoosh, just, just right for you.、Uh, so definitely enjoy that. And we'll pick it up. Okay. I just completely fucked that up. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, just enjoy. Ho ho, what's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 126 of the podcast. Hopefully, I got the camera position right. Hopefully, I'm not like zooming on in on your brain.、Uh, it, you can see it's daytime in my background.、Uh, hopefully, the video is not too low. Please excuse me while I adjust some stuff. Hopefully, the video is not too low、uh, for you guys watching on YouTube. Um, I did a little video test and it didn't really look right. So I'm going to try and do some, some Steven Spielberg post production on it. And hopefully, you know, you can see my face a little bit better than what it looked like before. But there ain't really shit I can do about it now.、Um, my wife is in another room I record at doing some work. So you're stuck with this if it kind of sucks. Sorry about that.、Um, I'll try and do better next episode.、Uh, you know, if you're listening to this when it comes out, it's、uh, a bit later. Oh, then I recorded a bit later than I normally do, a few days later.、Um, I just had some other stuff to do,、uh, work wise and、um, administrative stuff and whatnot、uh, over the weekend. I was a little bit out of it. So I was like, not out of it, not super tired, but、um, I just needed a little time to decompress after a week, a busy weekend since you know, I work on the weekends pretty much now in Japan.、Uh, for me, my job, what I do, weekends are.、Um, Pretty much the busy time for me. So I was ripping and running all weekend. So I was like, all right, let me just take a second to chill、uh, for a little bit, get a little stuff done. And last night, I just, you know,、um, didn't really do all that much because I knew I had some time today to record. But the lighting is all fucked up here. <laughs> so my dog is on my left.、Um, I'm wondering how long it is before he gets annoyed with me talking. And then he just runs off somewhere and does something else. But Um, but yeah, let, let's just get into everything.、Um, that's pretty much all that's going on here. I do have some good news. I hopefully I'll be able to record it this coming week, but、um, I got an invitation to do another podcast about Japan from a guy who does a podcast. Hit me up and was like, Yo, I like what you're doing. You're deep in these streets, you know, <laughs> you're doing it big out here. So let's collaborate, you know what I'm saying? Do the best of both worlds kind of thing. 
uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. So, but now, um, so I'm, I'm gonna, I'm. It looks like I'm gonna be recording a episode for another podcast. I'll, I'll probably post it if if we get it done uh, this coming Saturday. Whenever it goes up, I'll let you know. Um, I'll post it up. I won't be cussing all crazy like I normally do on here, but you know, um, I'm gonna give it to you raw as, as much as I can. Is I guess he found me because of my episode on the collapse of Nova, because apparently he did an episode on that sometime in the past. So. He just reached out to me, which is great. I really appreciate it. It's cool. Um, you know, he has listeners. I have listeners. So uh, I don't know how many listeners he has. You know, I got like double digit listeners. So <laughs> which which makes me happy, you guys. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy. This is kind of like a boutique hidden secret kind of um, podcast, or at least that's how I like to think of it. You know, it just might not be a popular podcast at all. <laughs> but no, um, you know, Rod always shows love. I appreciate that. Hopefully, Sub Negro, hope you're still out there studying Japanese, um, you know, listening and everything like that. Uh, and everyone else, you know, longtime listeners, I appreciate it. I'm going to keep rocking for you guys. Uh, this week, though, um, I'm not going to be that long in here because... Like I told you before, um, I might record some other content with my wife, so um, I'm not going to be too long before I head off to work. So not too long in the tooth on this episode. Let's just let's just get straight to it. Uh, see what happens. Last time, so last time I got I got a couple of things. Um, so last time uh, we were talking about the Kyoda. I, I fucking don't know how to say this fucking website. Q-Q-O-R-A, Q-O-R-A, 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 whatever, okay, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, we we're talking about that, the, the questions about Japan, uh, from that, and so, um, it's kind of, I forgot where I stopped, actually, um, how can you put, this? Uh, so we talked about soy sauce, I remember that, uh, Japanese people, okay, I'll, whatever, I'll just do this from the second one, do uh, Japanese people actually, um, the second point, again, the link is in, in the description, wherever you're reading this, it's just, I'll just post it again so that you guys can read it on your own. Um, again, I'm not going to, um, read through what the person wrote. I'm just going to give you my take on it. They're really good questions. So I'm just going to give you my take on it. I encourage you to go back and read his stuff. I ain't doing that shit. <laughs> you know, I might skim once or twice if, if I, I really don't have too much of an opinion here or there, but I'm not going to do it. So let's just, let's just do it. So. The second question was, Japanese people actually talk like they do in anime. Um, And I would say in anime, like in anime, there's a bunch of yelling. You know, that's what I would say. Like, there's there's a lot of yelling in anime. And, um, like, I would say no for me. The person said yes and no. I translate. She's for a living. I would barf violently if I caught myself talking like these people do in real life. Yeah. They they just don't, right? Like, I don't know if I told you. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever told this story. Hold on one second. Let me adjust this. Um, I don't know if I told this story on here. I think I did a long time ago, but I'll just tell it again anyway. Like, um, one time when I was first studying Japanese, you know, this is why you don't fucking copy the shit that you hear on an anime show unless it's like a a show about everyday life with normal people don't copy the shit that you hear right because as an english teacher i tell people you know you speak like the language you learn from you know so if you want as a poor second language right so if i tell students if you want to speak like a fucking gangster 
watch gangster movies. If you want to speak like a business person, watch TV shows and shit about business people, you know, and, and the type of conversations that they have. You'll, you, you won't be 100% one for one, but you'll pick up some of their, you know, mannerisms and the, the phrases that they say, you know, their ways of speaking, their inflection, stuff like that. You'll just pick that up naturally. Um, and, you know, like I said, me, I, I learn Japanese pretty much in a very traditional, not traditional, but like in language school. I wasn't like hanging at the bar with motherfuckers, like getting drunk, yelling at each other. And if you think about it, like a lot of shows, let's take Dragon Ball Z, for example, Vegeta and Goku, they're just yelling at each other, like trying to kill each other. You know, pretty much any anime that you got, that's pretty much what's happening. People are trying to kill each other, right? Unless you're watching... <laughs> Yeah, pretty much like almost any anime you're going to watch is someone trying to kill somebody. And they're, you know, so the way that they talk is very different. Now, if you're watching like a romance TV show or some a reality show, you're going to get different types of language. And like um, I remember like one time I was at a wedding <laughs> and like when I just started studying Japanese, maybe like six months, a year into Japanese. And um you know, like, basically, I was at a table with my wife at the time, she was my girlfriend at the time, and um, a dude I didn't know, and we were talking, you know, and I, I was, we were kind of introducing ourselves, and I reach over to him, and I'm like, I lean over to him, and I'm like, Omae no namae wa nan desu ka? You know, now, Omae, if you don't know, you'll probably hear it in anime and stuff like that a lot. And it might sound cool, but it's a really rude, really rude way of um, talking to someone, right? Now, it, it, there's certain cultural nuances of it. It basically, not rude, but it's more of a friend. Yeah, it is rude, okay, because you're at a higher position from the person. A person at a higher position talks to the other person like, oh my, kind of like you <laughs> kind of thing, you know. But, I mean, friends do it, you know, like really guys, casual guys do it or someone who's angry will do it. But you won't do it, like, to, if you're in a, con a civil conversation with someone. You just won't talk like that. Like, I don't use that word at all. Like, you know, just – and even my son, when he gets a little bit older, I won't let him talk like that in the house. I I've, I've heard and I see the young kids do that, you know, because, again, the rules of – raising children is kind of different here but but just you know i'm black i'm like you gonna respect you gonna speak with respect in this motherfucking house you know like that's how i raise him so it's kind of like a little bit sometimes a little bit of a culture clash because sometimes i hear shit that he says in japanese and it's kind of grating for me because like i don't talk like that i wasn't raised to talk like that even in japanese and so i was kind of to explain to my wife like you know i need you to be the um the referee on the Japanese side because yeah we teach him to speak respect but some shit that he says automatically my radar goes off like yo don't talk like that you know but I I don't really I'm, again I'm not a native Japanese speaker so I don't know the cultural nuances of the word and the intention so I have to kind of lay back but in English I'm like you need to ask politely you need to say please you need to say thank you like what do you, you know like I'm kind of like that you know um give that boy some home training <laughs> <laughs> but so so yeah so anyway i just asked this guy like oh my no and you know i'm thinking like i'm being so polite because i knew my is forward so and i learned that oh is like the honorable form of something so i was like i was just guessing like oh my is kind of like the polite way to say you so 
<laughs> but it's the equivalent of me in like a wedding ceremony being like, "Hey, motherfucker, what's your what's your name is?" <laughs> Pretty much, my wife just like her eyes got big as hell. I was like, Yo, "What are you doing?" I was just like, "What?" I was like, and I was trying to explain to him, you know, like you know, you know. She's like, "No, that's rude." And I was like, "Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." I had to apologize, but you know, so um the the more natural way is just we I think I talked about it before, just cutting you completely and you know, onamaiwa nandiska. That's it. Not anata no namaiwa would grammatically how you would translate it, but just onamaiwa nandiska, for example. Uh, or onamaiwa is okay as well. And and that's that's about it. I'm not gonna get into Japan please don't take Japanese. This is not turning into the Japanese study podcast with a keel because I told you my grammar is fucking shit right now. Okay. <laughs> okay, so so take that with a grain of salt. Take that shit to your Japanese teacher. Um so yeah, I would say again, the majority of anime just don't trust it. Don't copy it. You know, again, like if I wanted to understand that way of speaking, I sometimes do dabble in those type of shows, those type of animes. But generally speaking, you know, cheesy fucking family dramas or reality shows are probably going to be your best bet to help you um, speak Japanese better because that's where you're going to get everyday language. You know, two coworkers talking to each other, two friends talking to each other, two classmates talking to each other, shit like that. Again, Chibi Maluko-chan was, was for me, I think that you won't hear um, people really using that type of language. Okay, next one. Is Japan extremely sexist? And the person says yes and no. And I, I was actually, you've heard me kind of talk about this before. And, um, you know, I, I, like I think in, in episode, a few episodes ago about um, we, we were talking about Gokons and, and matchmaking parties and stuff like that. Um, I think that it is, but not in the ways that you think it is. On the surface, it's not sexist in like an openly sexist way. You know, I think a lot of sexism uh, happens and, and also racism as well happens kind of behind the scenes it's kind of clouded kind of indirect there is like you've heard me talk about wall of pillows for foreign people there's also definitely a wall of pillows for japanese women and i was actually having this conversation with a student like yesterday i think because you know yeah because she was asking me about that like the gender gap between men and women and the what i said to her is my take on it is, you know, in the West, there is a glass ceiling for women. But, you know, once a woman can kind of break the glass ceiling, she has equal status as men, right? Like if you have a woman, if, for example, in general, right? If, if you have a woman in the boardroom, she's earned her way, worked, she probably had to work, you know, tw much harder than a guy to get there. But once she's there, she's kind of on equal footing as all the other men in the boardroom, right? In Japan, no. Like, actually, if a woman makes her way into that type of situation, she actually has kind of like a courtesy seat there, in my opinion. Like, there are some exceptions with women who who are, you know, extremely powerful enough to break through that culture. But generally speaking, it's still very much a, a, a boys club here. Like, I, for me, I, it feels kind of like, Japan today feels kind of like America 40 years ago, you know, um, okay, I wasn't born yet, but my impression of what America was like in the late 70s, early 80s, where again, um, you know, working women were starting to appear in the workplace, divorce was starting to pop up, 
women independent of uh, you know their male counterpart you know was, was kind of starting and you know the idea of a woman in the workplace in more positions of power meaningful positions of power was becoming more of the norm but it wasn't fully accepted you know what i mean like it was it was seen it was heard of but it wasn't like fully there yet you know i, I think japan maybe is going to take similar to that another like 10 maybe even 20 years to really those fucking old farts kind of die off <laughs> die off and i think the next generation like maybe my generation of uh you know people in their 30s and 40s now will probably be more willing to like fully accept women in positions of power as company presidents as you know general regional managers and not and you know they'll have a, a a voice that holds weight in those type of positions so i don't really see that here now i hear one or two anecdotal cases every now and then on the news but generally speaking is not commonplace like i i think a japanese woman generally will feel extremely intimidated walking into a a boardroom or a meeting room you know surrounded by all men even though she is of the same status as them and you know for her to speak up in that situation she would would i feel like encounter that wall of pillows kind of phenomenon here uh which kind of which kind of sucks it was really fucking sucks you know but again it's one of the things that holds the country back so um Next, uh, Japan is high tech. Yes and no. Gosh, yes and no. Japan is fucking Japanese high tech. Like, <laughs> what I mean by that is like some some things in Japan are extremely high tech, but um, some things are, they're completely behind the times. So, like Japan, because it is an island, it has Galapagos syndrome. If you don't know what Galapagos syndrome is, it is something that was experienced in like smartphones or cell phones actually cell phones is like the perfect example of galapagos syndrome you you and you know the galapagos islands where because it's an island the um the wildlife there uh evolved in extreme ways that matched the environment of the galapagos islands perfectly but was extremely unnecessary and was was strange when compared to the the evolution of animals in other parts of the world it was extremely specialized right for the island is what i'm trying to say and J japan is like that and that's what happened with for example the jap if you if you want to understand it, japanese technology think about uh cell phones and smartphones and i'll give you a little um history lesson on that right now so like I said, when I came to Japan, you know, um, the cell phones in Japan were futuristic, robot transforming. You know, I was like, yeah, look at this shit. Pew, 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 pew. Sliding here, pew, pew, turning into a TV there. It was fucking transforming. It was amazing. Like, it was like a million different cell phones doing a million different things. It was fucking tight. Like, when I went back to America, you know, I'm I flexing in the mall with my with my Japanese joint. You know, like, pew, 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 pew. Let me take a video. Pew, pew, pew. Like, yeah, everyone was like, oh, damn. Like, you know. <laughs> You know, everyone was like, yo, where you get that? I'm like, that's that Tokyo, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, I was the man every time I went back to America until about 2010, right? <laughs> until about 2010 when everybody got fucking smartphones, you know, everyone got iPhones and Androids and then my phone was just some bullshit, but I wanted an iPhone, but iPhones were not popular in Japan yet because everyone was addicted to their fucking cell phones. And I think I told you the iPhone 4 was like the breakthrough moment 
uh, for Apple in Japan. Like, you have no idea before and after the iPhone 4. It was like a watershed moment. No one really gave a fuck about Apple like that until, like, the iPhone 4 came and it just, like, took over the streets, basically. You know, it was like 50 Cent in 2003. You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, G-G-G-G-G-Unit? <laughs> iPhone? Steve Jobs, you know, <laughs> throwing up gang signs. Okay, no, no, no. Um, ah, Okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but what I mean is, you know, everyone was like really, really, really into Apple projects and it just shifted the landscape of everything. So now people in their 20s and teens, all they know is Apple. But before then, you know, Japanese products were the were what was heavy in the streets. And, you know, actually that continues to today where, you know, in the smartphone market, in the PC market, for example, Japanese products are lagging behind because of they're so specialized, you know, that um, they really just can't compete with the, the user experience and the overall quality of the Apple and the brand that Apple products have established. For me, all because of the iPhone 4. That was where they stamped their flag. And now Apple has complete control over, pretty much complete control over the cell phone market here. I think they got almost 50% market share. You know, they got the fucking... Um, uh providers wrapped around their pinky finger like you go in there it's like the selection is literally like 70 percent apple products and like way in the back they got a few other japanese smartphones but they just can't they're androids they just can't compete here you know so it, it does it just kind of shows you technology gets kind of lopsided like here you'll have some stuff that that's completely you know overdeveloped over refined like i was watching some shit I, you know Okay, we'll talk about this word a little bit more. Like I was watching some shit on the um the news uh a couple of nights ago about, you know, the Japanese bullet train. It's a great example. So there was like apparently a new model of bullet train which actually I can see near my house. It passes by sometimes. It's really cool. My son fucking loves it when he's in the car. He's like, Oh, it's a bullet train. You know, um and it looks cool. Bullet train's fucking cool as shit, right? Even I like watching them. So the new model rolled out apparently a few days ago and like it's literally like I think the difference is like the front end is literally like a few fucking inches, a few centimeters smoother or rounded to let the wind fly over it a different way. And, you know, um, they're like, it's the best ride in the world and shit like that. And, you know, like they were talking about how they developed it and they, you know, they made like little, I think one fiftieth models of it. And they went through like 50,000 one fiftieth models of this bullet train to change the nose by two fuck uh, a couple of inches just to make the ride smoother. And that's kind of shit that happens in Japan, you know, like in some products in Japan, like I, I tell people like like my wife and stuff, we'll, we'll be watching and, and looking at some shit and I'm like, wow, that's cool. That's amazing. You know, I'm like, yeah, people should sell it in abroad. I'm like, no one abroad's going to buy that. You know, I'm like, it's, it's the best blow dryer in the world. Yeah. But nobody gives a fuck. Like the one that you have is good enough. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to pay like three times the amount for something that, you know, blow dries my hair. Like, two minutes faster than you know the affordable one like people in the west don't think like that but in japan things get kind of overdeveloped in this kind of galapagos style where you know it's like like 
Japanese people are kind of mildly OCD where you know get really obsessed with details of stuff and it's a point where like okay you can stop now but kind of especially larger companies they don't stop and so they just keep going and which is why some of them are in trouble now like you know panasonic and toshiba and you know a lot of the electronic makers which really made their name on innovating in in these type of ways but now that the rest of the world has kind of caught up and the overall standard level of quality has been high and high enough where it's acceptable for people all over the world like you don't need the fucking super fast tv that's like two percent faster than everything else but costs twice as much more you know like yeah the the features japanese people are obsessed with features pretty much like the features are nice but you don't really need it you have enough so so that's why i mean technology is kind of funny like that here um it, it can be quite lopsided in a very unnecessary ways and a lot of the companies that are in trouble that you might hear about are in my opinion in trouble for that reason right so um i'll leave that one there next japanese people are racist and xenophobic yes and no um i'll just read people are certainly insensitive that's the best word um, but largely comes to race being much or less taboo topic um yeah you've heard me talk about this before again japanese people i would say I wouldn't say racist. Uh, I say xenophobic. Japanese people are xenophobic, right? Um, but they don't know they're xenophobic. They're not like, I hate foreign people, you know, but they just basically it's overall, overall, again, it's either you're Japanese or you're not Japanese, you know, and Japanese people, Japanese society, let me say, is so focused on what is quote unquote Japanese, the accepted image of japanese that anything outside of that is kind of shunned in some at some level right consciously or unconsciously shunned which means you know you've heard me talk about situations where you know if it's unexpected a foreign person walks in the door or you know we don't serve non-japanese people or you know difficulties with online forms or you know things like that it's not so much that japanese people are like fuck foreign people but they only think in terms of japan and japanese society everything else kind of gets blurred or blocked out lumped together and whatnot it's stereotyped you know and so it's kind of a lot of ignorance that goes on here is what i would say and you know ignorance is bliss if you're japanese um but at the same time like you kind of japan's in a pinch right a pickle japan's in a pickle (laughs) I just want to I just want to say that word <laughs> because because um you know um the, the the systemic social issues that are coming that are bubbling up here Japan needs to diversify Japan needs to globalize you know and, and it's really going through a lot of glo- growing pains I feel it you know and I'm like I said I got my popcorn ready I'm interested I'm just watching the show because you know I'm I'm in the fucking passenger seat on this shit so like I can't force these people to fucking you know really understand and accept different issues and things like that like so um i don't know we'll see what happens like um when i start seeing japanese people like random japanese people taking up for foreign people then i'll be happy you know um i won't really talk so much about the issues japan has with korea and china because that's just way deeper than i can go but those issues are very real very there very historical um 
and very complicated. So I just, I'm not even going to touch that, you know, but, um, that's a whole nother can of tomatoes, but I would say Japan is very Japan centric. So that kind of leads to some racist, possibly xenophobic tendencies that are mainly that for me are mainly out of ignorance is what I would say. Um, Japan is religious or Japan is not, Japan is not religious at all. <laughs> I would say that like, um, yeah, what, 60 plus percent of Japanese people, I, I'll read some of this, identify as Shinto, which is common. But again, I would say people are, choose a religion based on tradition. It's not, it's not people are so much religious, but they're really traditional. And because there are these ceremonies and traditions that people have, they follow them and that's it, you know, but I wouldn't say that there's so much ingrained into their belief system, the way, for example, Christianity or Islam or things, or even Buddhism for some people is, let me say that, right? Like I'm not saying, of course there are Buddhists here in Japan, there are Christians here in Japan as well, but, but for the majority of people, their religious faith is not one of the main motivating factors in their everyday life. And it's not even something that they even consider or think about pretty much in their everyday life when it comes, but at this on the, on, at the, on the same, on, you know, on the flip side of that, the traditions that center around those religions are very central to their everyday life, you know? So it is, it, it's kind of funny, like, you know, a family that's not that doesn't even think about religion at all will definitely go home go travel across the country for obon will definitely you know fly to the other end of japan to pray at the shrine on you know um a special holiday where you're supposed to go do that like that those kind of things is kind of funny to me like that you know but um you got to respect people's grind and 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 willing you know in the fabric of the culture that even people who don't give a fuck about religion will center their lives and their movements around um, religious religious ceremonies and acts. It's kind of interesting like that. It's, it's, it's a conundrum. Is that a conundrum? No, it's not a conundrum. It's just something. Some big word. is <laughs> interesting. I'll just say that. All right, let, uh, let me let me see how much time we got. This is actually a good series. Okay, I'm I'm gonna cut this one short. Uh, let, let me just because uh, again, I told you I gotta go um, do some shit with my wife. So Japanese. <laughs> okay, no, I gotta do two more of these because these are actually really good ones. All right, oh shit, these are actually really good ones. I'm gonna do these last two and then I'm gonna get out of here. Japanese people are miserable. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy's answering yes and no to everything. It's true because it's true. Um, and I would say yes and no. Like um, I've met some Japanese people who I've been blessed enough, especially in these past few years, to meet some Japanese people who are living life on their terms, completely free, completely doing whatever they want to do. And they operate, for me, those are the exception, not the rule. They operate on a completely different plane than everyday Japanese society. And I'm really blessed to meet those people and have some of them as my mentors because um, 
it kind of taught me something about the levels. You hear Japan has levels. And it really taught me something about the levels of Japanese society. And those levels of Japanese society, you don't really get to see. You don't really get access to so much. They're kind of behind closed doors. Those people aren't really out in the open so much. Like in the West, you know, you kind of see money. You see money more, you know, on TV and, and, and things like that. You see those people out and about. You, 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 you want to be like them. But in Japanese society, success and money is not really something that... um is shined upon because there's a majority of people who are kind of, I hate to say worker ants who are worker bees, you know, and their job is to kind of grind away, you know, for however long, for, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, 30, geez, 30, 40 years. And, um, then retire, get their pension and, and then maybe go to Hawaii. Like <laughs> that's kind of what they do, whether they're happy or not, you know, and that's kind of the social contract for several people. You know, they work, you know, work until at least eight, nine o'clock from nine to nine, maybe nine to 12. Sometimes, you know, go, go get drunk with your colleagues and on the weekends, like maybe you spend some time with your family. You pay your you pay your mortgage. You know you've got your kids, and, and they go to school. They're 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 studying all the time. They're working, busting their ass, working hard as hard as you are, so so that they can get into a good college, get into a good company, and repeat the fucking cycle. Like that seems to be like you know the social contract. What I see uh, the rat race of Japan, quote unquote. That's the rat race of Japan, and um, but and those people generally for me are not the happiest people, even if they are pleasant people like when i dig deep into it they don't strike me as happy people you know they might be happy with what they they might be satisfied with what they have but i don't know if they're actually happy you know i have met some who are really happy and who are really enjoying their lives and enjoying what they're doing but i've also met a large amount who are not you know, and but they think this is life and this is the way it is and this is what I got to do. And I got to commute on a crowded train, you know, twice a day um, for the next 30 years. And that's what they do, you know, and, you know, have a sexless marriage. And, you know, like, I don't I don't fucking know. Like, that's like to me the most depressing shit in the world. Like, <laughs> so so like I, I, I don't know, but I have met a, a, a significant amount of people like that. But I've also met people who are the complete opposite, who are wildly successful, you know, on, on different levels, do what they want to do, live their life on their terms and really, really enjoy their lives. And again, those are the exceptions to the rule. So I I'm happy that I was exposed to that other side of it because it inspired me to be able to go after what I want and realize like, okay, I don't have to, Japan is not only this, you know? And I think that's a really, really, really important thing to understand about Japan. Cause if you don't, you can kind of think like if you're on the outskirts of society already and you're trying to fit yourself into something that you really don't want, it's fucking sucks. Like, and that's what I was trying to do in the past. And it really, really tore me apart. Um, until I was like, fuck it. And then I met these other people. I'm like, awesome, cool. I don't have to do that shit. I could just pursue this and, you know, great. So, so that's what I would say. Like, you know, there are some really miserable people, really miserable people. And there are some really happy people here, but, um, Japan's, you can't see it on the surface. I would say you can't judge based on appearances and the people you see on TV, even people with money are really kind of looked down upon and kind of mocked on Japanese TV. For example, this is really interesting dynamic. Last one, Japan's economy is screwed. Yes, it's fucking screwed. Okay. End of story. <laughs>
um, no, um, yeah, I, I think Japan's economy is screwed, but um, I don't know when that D-Day will come with the corona situation. Uh, like I said, I got my popcorn ready. Um, there's a lot of macroeconomic factors at play. Um, I'm not, if, you know, my wife, sometimes we were talking about stuff and she was asking me like, well, when do you think this is going to happen? I'm like, if I knew I'd be a fucking rich motherfucker right now, because I'd be playing the market and playing the game. Uh, you know, I'm not predicting like, you know, when, where the wave is going, I'm just trying to ride it. You know, I'm just trying to do my best to ride it so that, um, I can get where I need to go and hopefully we can land in a safe place. You know, uh, I'm not checking the weather report or, you know, the, the water temperature and all that. I'm just trying to do what I need to do to get to get us where we, where we need to be. So um, whether you're in Japan or not, I would say don't get paralyzed by thinking about the Japanese economy. Just, you know, uh, or wherever you are, just keep going, you know, riding your wave. You know, of course, looking out for what's going on macroeconomically. There's a bunch of shit in play right now. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you'll be all right. That's, that's what I like to think. That's what I believe. And so, you know, I'm not really, and again, I'm very bullish on the Japanese economy as well. Like I, I really do believe like, um, Japanese people, hold on. My dog wants to go in this little doggy house thing. Okay. Here you go, doggy. There you go. Um, so, um, yeah, I am very bullish on the Japanese people just because of the char the character traits of Japanese people in general, the country, the things like that. So, but I do think you heard me say it's going to go through some r a rough patch somewhere down the line. Um, and I'm going to be here with my popcorn watching everything go down. <laughs> so, okay. All right. Let me, let me stop. Let me get out of here on that one. There's a few more of these. I wanted, I wanted to get into some other shit, which I'm going, oh, no, 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 no. Okay. I got to do one. Fuck, okay, this episode's gonna be like damn near an hour. All right, all right uh, yeah, oh no, it's only 35 minutes in. So, okay. Um, what I wanted to do is I'm gonna stop here. I'm probably gonna do a little bit more of this next episode, but there was one thing Rod sent that um, I kind of want to talk about. And it kind of ties in with the previous um, question about are Japanese people miserable? And it's an article, a, a short video, which made me laugh. The Consul General of Japan in New York plays and slays Jimi Hendrix-style Star Spangled Banner. And this guy, for me, is a really clear example of um, the freedom that Japanese people experience when they are abroad, right? The, um, because they're not confined by the social pressures of Japan. And some people just take that shit. Whew, I mean, he's got a fucking bow tie on. Yeah, oh yeah, he's living life over here to the fullest like you know he's just enjoying the freedom and individuality of living in america he could not do that in japan at all at all he would be completely mocked and laughed at i'm pretty sure he's being snickered to a bit but but because he might even got that post because he's a bit eccentric you know but and because he's the top guy for the japanese console in new york you know he can definitely do whatever the fuck he wants you know he can you know whatever the rock music he was into in japan he can fully express himself uh, unabashedly in the United States, but damn sure he will not be doing that when he's um, moves back to Japan. That's for damn sure. You know, and, and, and those kind of things are, are really interesting. Like those kind of dynamics, how you see, like you go from zero to 100, whether you're inside the country or outside, it, it gets really interesting. So, um, check that one out. I got, a, I was a little bit tickled by that. I could, I could just kind of imagine how free, not because he's in America, but because he's outside of Japan, you know, this guy is and how much he enjoys it and how probably how much he never wants to go. I, mean, I won't say never, but, um, you know, how, how much he really enjoys living in america so 
um, check that out. It, it might be interesting for you. And I've met several eccentric Japanese people like this here in Japan who kind of like try to latch onto me and suck my independence from me. You know, you know they're like, you're so free thinking. Precious. Like, <laughs> like Gollum. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I've definitely met some people that are kind of like that who just, you know, it eats them up being inside being uh in feeling trapped inside Japanese society. And those are the people that you meet who are extremely extremely happy and really want to be your friend just because you're foreign. You know, they kind of fetishize you, I think, because, you know, they you're non-Japanese. And those are the people I really don't like so much. I don't, I don't really, I'm not saying this guy, you know, um in particular, but I'm just saying here in Japan like there are different levels of it. The people who really, you can tell the only reason that they're talking to you and they really want to talk to you is because you're not Japanese and because they don't want to do with anything that's Japanese. Those are the people I'm kind of like, okay, all right, you need to fucking chill. Like, you know, for me, the coolest people that I've met who are the coolest people have some experience abroad, have some experience, maybe living, maybe visiting, experience, exposure to foreign people, and they just don't give a fuck. Like, they see you as you. Like, you can tell the way they look at you, the way they look at you, and they would, the way they look at another Japanese person. There's no difference. Of course, they consider you. I'm not saying, like, they're blind, colorblind or anything like that. They understand you're from a different country. They understand you're from a different culture, but they just don't give a fuck. And, you know, they just see you as an individual, you know, as a person. And they understand you have different language and different everything. Yeah, we might speak in Japanese. We might speak in English, but they don't give me these, you know, special cat. They don't put me in a special category. And dealing with Japanese people, I'd say those are the people that you're going to be, if you, you know, if you chill, cool motherfucker like me, <laughs> those are the people that you're going to want to seek out. And those are the relationships that, um, you know, if you find them will be the strongest and will be the most meaningful in my humble opinion. So I'm going to leave things right there and I'll finish up this list and do some other shit next time. So all right, y'all take it easy. I'll holler at you next time. Peace.